Jay from New Jersey, it's the SNL Nerds, the show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, John Trumple. And I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. How you doing, Darren? I'm doing all right, getting ready for summer. It's getting warmer. It's getting all hot and sticky and ha- and what have you. It's getting hot in here. So Just I'll remove all your clothes. I am getting quite hot. I'm going to remove some clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Take it all off. Our album's dropping this summer, by the way. That's right. We're, yeah, we're, we're un, the unenthusiastic rappers. Yes. We, we just, we just, you know, we bust out rhymes, but not at a very high, like, velocity. It's more like... No, oh, yeah. I mean, every other rapper is horribly bombastic, and we just thought, let's, let's go low energy. Let's be like the Todd Berry of rappers. It's exact. That's exactly what we're 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 going for. Just you know, the, it's like if if Todd Berry and Stephen Wright did a rap album together, <laughs> that's what our rap album would be like. I think it goes something like this. Exactly. Throw your hands in the air if you want. Wave them mm. like you just don't care. I, I guess because we really don't. Because it's just you know what, what's the point of anything? Yeah. What really? What is man? What yeah. is? Yeah, we call ourselves apathy, <laughs> dude. There, I think there is an actual rapper, like an underground rapper named Apathy. Is there really? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. Like he's actually pretty good. I think he's like a rapper out of like Connecticut or something. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, so should we get into a beef with him because he took our name? Um, I wouldn't. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, from what I've heard, Connecticut's like one of those kind of low-key places where like you you think it's all you know fun and games but there's some uh, there's some hardcore crazy people in the in the depths of of connecticut but i mean we came up with this name for like like all of one minute and 30 seconds ago so hmm. i mean i feel like we have the stronger claim you know what i think you're right all right let's go with it Okay. All right. No judge. Yeah, I I can't see I can't see any lot any fault any uh, lot in the in the logic of that. Woo! We got a rap feud happening, people. That's right. We did it, people. Yay! Yay! Oh, good time. Good time. I'm, I'm raising the roof right now. I <laughs> I'm doing the Arsenio Hall uh, woof 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 thing. Yeah. Now, now I'm doing the what is it? The Cabbage Patch. It's when you're you're like moving your your hands in a circle in front of you. Now I'm doing the Humpty dance. You can't see yeah. it. Okay. Here's my here's my chance to do the hump. I'm I'm twerking now. Now I'm doing the MC Hammer dance. Hey. Yay. You can't touch this. You're too legit to quit. Oh wow. Yeah. There's. Yeah. We we know what the kids like. We're in tune with what the kids like, as you can see. We we are, as our friend Dennis Perkins says says of the AV Club, hip to the musics of today. Indeed. Yeah, and that and that kind of ties in with what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the movie Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Yeah, uh, this film came out uh, on my sister's birthday, actually, June third. Yeah, June third, two thousand sixteen. Your sister's only five years old. Yes, (laughs) I'm in my mid forties, and my sister is five. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, hey, I mean, you know. Uh, good things come for those who wait. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, yeah, so this film this film is a Lonely Island joint. It was uh, mm-hmm. written by Andy Samberg and Akiva Schaefer and Yorma Tacone, directed by Akiva Schaefer and Yorma Tacone. So this is th- their entire vision. And uh, 
I, I remember when this film came. I didn't see this film in the theaters. And, um, you know, from the look of the numbers, I'm not alone, unfortunately, because this this film was a, a big old bomb. A big it did old not bomb. do well. I'm, I'm seeing on Wikipedia it was it was expected to gross around seven million from two thousand three hundred eleven theaters in its opening weekend. Uh, it instead grossed uh, three hundred twenty two thousand from its Thursday previews and one point eight million on its first day. In its opening weekend, the film grossed four point six million and finished eighth at the box office. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it, it grossed ju- just nine point five million against a twenty million dollar budget. And uh, I'm I'm no economist, but I'm going to say that's bad. Yeah, just to put it in uh, perspective, guys, uh, the film they made before this, MacGruber, which we've talked about in uh, great length. If you mm-hmm. go back to our MacGruber episode. I, I think we are still recording the MacGruber episode, actually. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes exactly. We're, we're in a time loop with that. Uh, the budget for that film was 10 mil, and it made 9 million. So this movie had twice the budget mm-hmm. and made the exact same amount of money as MacGruber. Yeah, that's probably not good. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm getting why the Lonely Island guys, they haven't really had any shots at, at, at movie stardom since this movie, right? Um, yeah, not really. Um, yeah. And it's weird because, I mean, this movie did get good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's at uh, 79%. 79% yeah. is good. 65% with audiences. Um, and people love The Lonely Island. They love I'm on a Boat. They love Jizz in My Pants. They love, you know, Dick in a Box. So they are beloved, and they do... They do make good comedy. I just don't mm-hmm. understand. I still don't understand why that why that doesn't translate to the movies. Uh, you know, maybe it's just they're they're more built for like shorter form comedy. I think. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. I I don't know. I have some thoughts uh, on this movie, and we can we can talk about it as as we get into it. Ooh, because um, because yeah. this this is sort of an old favorite of yours. This is something that you've been wanting us to do for a while. This was my very first time watching it. I. All I remember is like seeing the previews back in the day, and, <laughs> back in like five years ago. Yeah, yeah, back back in the ancient uh, before times of, of 2016, uh, and I, I remember seeing the trailers for it. But I decided to just come to this completely fresh. I didn't even rewatch any of the trailers or any anything. I just was like, I'm I'm just gonna watch this cold. I'm. I think that's the way to see it because I mean, one of the fun things about seeing it, you know, just fresh out the gate, cold and no nothing is. Um, this thing is chock a block, full of like celebrity cameos. There's like yeah. there are so many cameos in this movie, and, and you're constantly going, "Oh, he's in this! Oh, she's in this! Yeah, in this!" In the first five minutes alone, there are there are a bunch of cameos. There's, I mean, I think Questlove is the first one we see. Uh, I mean, the one that really shocked me that I was probably surprised by was was Ringo Starr. We got a Beatle in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, they did. They got Ringo Starr to be in this thing for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, um, I don't. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about. It. Let's get into it. Um. So, so what what is pop star? What is what is pop star? Never stop, never stopping about. Darren all right. Okay. Elevator pitch. Boom. Here we go. Um. So, pop star is like a mockumentary, sort of in the style of you know Spinal Tap and whatnot, or uh, uh-huh. the, any of the Christopher Guest films. And it's uh it's, it highlights this uh, pop star called Connor For Real, 
And uh, just you can just tell right off the bat he's based off of Justin Bieber. It is so Justin Bieber. <laughs> I've never watched like the Justin Bieber documentary thing, but even I know enough about Justin Bieber to tell it's he's doing Justin Bieber. Yeah, very much. They, they even have in the um, in the opening when they show like old home footage of Connor for real playing the drums like an expert at one o'clock at one when he's at mm-hmm. one years old. That's also taken from an old home video that was circulating around Justin Bieber because I, I forget that Justin Bieber knows how to play the drums and he's actually a really good drummer. That and, was like how Bieber first got famous, right? He like went viral on YouTube, I think. Yeah, yeah, he was like he, exactly. He went viral on YouTube. Uh, Usher found him, and he like Usher sort of hooked him up and sort of gave him his start. Uh, but yeah, so it starts with um, this small boy playing drums at one like an expert, and I, I believe that boy is actually Yorma Tacon's son that yes. they put in it. Yes, and uh, yeah, so we basically we start off uh, with that. We talk about we see we talk about how uh, Connor uh, grew up. He met his other friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen, who's played by Yorma Tacone, and uh, Lawrence, who's played by Akiva. And then they right. called, so they, they got together, became a musical group, like a rap group, called themselves the Style Boys. But, and, but it's Style Boys with a Z at the end because yeah. they're, they're hip and with it. Exactly. And I mean, if you look at the old Style Boys stuff, it's, they're basically the Beastie Boys. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I got more of a boy band vibe from them than the Beastie Boys. Really? Uh, well, I mean, musically, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And they've got like they've got a dance. They've got like a synchronized dance thing happening. Yes, the donkey roll. That is a Beastie Boys thing. No, uh, sadly enough, the Beastie Boys never had a, a donkey roll in their arsenal. But yeah, no, they they never like. So if I guess if you cross the Beastie Boys with like the Backstreet Boys, it, yeah, it would be something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Owen called himself Kid. Called himself Kid Contact. He's the guy that makes the beats. Lawrence called himself Kid Brain because he's the writer who writes all the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And Connor was uh, Kid, Kid Connor. Yeah. yeah. And who's like sort of the, the front man or the personality, the guy who's, well, you know. And, he, and Connor becomes like the breakout star of the group, uh, sort of like, I guess, how, how Justin Timberlake became the breakout star in sync. And then eventually he goes solo. Uh, Owen becomes his DJ. Right. And... And Lawrence <laughs> retires from the music business and goes off to uh, run a farm. Right, because he becomes disenchanted with the music industry. Because, like, uh, Connor mm-hmm. and Lawrence kind of have a fight on stage because, like you said, like, Connor gets more of the, uh, he's getting more of the, the spotlight and people are focusing on him more. Right. Um, you know, he, he might take, he kind of takes credit for stuff that Lawrence did. And Lawrence doesn't like that and doesn't. He ain't having it, and like they have a big blowout on stage, and Lawrence like leaves and just like abandons the group, and the group uh, breaks up. And and honestly, like Lawrence going off to uh, run a farm, I have no idea if there's a connection here, but it kind of reminded me of what uh, Bill Barry, the drummer from REM, did when he decided to just retire and give up his music career. He he ran a blueberry farm in Georgia. I, he still is, as far as I know. What? Yeah. I did not a blueberry farm. Yeah, is, I I kind of respect that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, because Bill Barry. Okay, I'm gonna go off on a little REM tangent for for a moment, but I won't I won't go very long. But he he was the guy. He had an aneurysm on stage during a show. Oh shit! Um, when they were touring like somewhere in Europe, and 
they got to him quickly, saved his life, but he decided not long after that. I think he finished out the tour, and then after that he was like, you know, guys, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. But he said, I'm only going to leave REM if it doesn't mean the end of the group, if you guys keep going. And mm. if you don't want to do it without me, I will stay and I will be unhappy. And they were like, well, we don't want you to be unhappy, so you can go. And he, he went off and decided to run a blueberry farm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That is... Huh. I just, okay. I, that, that, <laughs> I, did he always just have a passion for blueberries? Uh, <laughs> uh, Why blueberries? He was, a, he was always kind of a, like a low-key kind of guy. He wasn't, he wasn't like a typical rock star type. I remember... Like, cause you know, REM was like the band for me when I was in high school, right, right, and and my early years of college, and um, I remember like a Rolling Stone article and like the writers following them around at one point, and at one point, Bill Berry is just talking about like going antiquing when they're on tour or something. So he's not <laughs> a typical rock star type of guy. Got it. All right. That's. I mean, hey, I, I, I don't. Wow, that's. I did. I never connected those dots between uh, blueberries and, and rock stars, but now now that we've made that connection, well, I can't. Sure. I can't not see it. Well, sure. I mean, there are so many uh, connections between rock stars and blueberries. That's right. <laughs> just I know. Just just follow the threads, people. Just connect the I mean, dots. We don't, we don't have time to go into all the various and sundry connections between rock stars and blueberries, but they're there. They're right. there, people. Open your eyes. It goes all the way to the top. Yeah, open your eyes for God's sakes. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Kid Connor, uh, Adam Sandberg's uh, Andy Sandberg's character, um, decides to go solo, and he becomes Connor for real. Right, Connor with a number four. So you know, you know he's edgy. That's right. He's he's for real. Um, he comes out with an album called Thriller, also, and it goes number one all the way to the top of the charts. Um, he gets a huge following. Uh, he does the thing that you know Bieber and a lot of pop stars do with social media, where they're just constantly sort of broadcasting everything they're doing to all their fans. Or yeah. his fans are called confidants. Um, and like he broadcasts everything he does. He's like, "Yo, what's up, everybody? Just ate a taco. Shit is crazy." Like, "Yo, I just got my butt waxed." <laughs> and of course, he's of course, of course, he's "Yo, just." I just jacked it, man. Feeling really, feeling really cool, man. Feeling really yeah. relaxed. Yeah, um, and he has he has a hit single, uh, "I'm So Humble," with that he does with a holographic Adam Levine. Uh, yeah, I actually like this song. I, I think the beat's pretty cool. I mean, look, the Lonely Island guys—they have musical chops. They they do cool songs, and I think that's part of why they're able to collaborate with so many real musicians and i mean well because they are real musicians yeah like that beat it, it kind of samples that uh that old song from the 50s get a job and mm-hmm. it's like yep, 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 work, work, work. It's yes kinda, yeah I, I i was like bopping to it I was like oh shit this this might be the song of the summer <laughs> and uh yeah yeah so he has all he has like a ton of fans now and he's like he's like the shit he's awesome and, and uh, he's, he's the breakout guy uh owen uh, Yorma's character has become just his DJ, so he's kind of faded into the background, and Lawrence has retired off to his farm. We don't yeah. find out what kind of farm it is, but that co- that comes into play later. Right, but 
who did stay with them when the group broke up was the group's original manager, uh, mm. Harry Duggins, played by the one and only Mr. Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, uh, who, of course, has a pedigree in the fake musical biopics because he was also in Rock, uh, Walk Hard. Nearly said Rock Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! That's, that's a different movie. That's uh, a- Walk yeah. Hard, the Dewey Cox story. What are you watching over there? I'm watching all sorts of things, Darren Patterson. Um, but like Harry has a neat backstory where he was originally in the group Tony, Tony, Tony. It was originally Tony, 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 Tony. He was the fourth Tony, but he didn't want an exclamation point on his name. He wanted a question mark instead. And he had a big rift with the group because of that. Right. Because he, So he wanted to be Tony, 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 Tony? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, in hindsight, that might not have been the, the smartest move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, we also have Sarah Silverman as Paula Klein, who's yes. uh, Connor's publicist. And so, you know, they're the two that, that pop up the most over the course of the movie. They're, and there are a lot of other people who are sort of in and out. Yeah, there's a good amount of, like, SNL alum in this movie, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. And uh, we also, I mean, there's also a quick nod um, to uh, Connor has a, a turtle named Maximus who he kind of who he really loves and he sees like as almost as like his um his little brother or his like a family member because I mean we yeah. do I mean they didn't they didn't delve too much into Connor's like family childhood they do a little bit I kind of wish they did a little bit more yeah like Joan Cusack pops up very briefly as Connor's mother. Um, another SNL alum, by the way, because she was on the cast for like a season in the 80s. And always wonderful to see Joan Cusack in anything. Um, I, I wish she'd been in this movie a little bit more, honestly. She's just got like a scene or two and that's it. Yeah, like if you if you have the DVD, you can see there's like some deleted scenes where they there was more for her. I kind of... Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, we'll get into it. But yeah, I do. I agree with you. I, do, I wish she was in it more. Because I mean, if you got Joan Cusack in, in your movie, just... Put more, put her in your movie. Put her in your movie as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they could have maybe taken out a few songs here or there that they uh-huh. um, went a little bit too long on and just added more, you know, Joan Cusack and just just to flesh out her story and to give Connor's like background a little bit more. Uh, yeah, nuance. because I mean, they they make the point uh, they show enough to show that she is a very negligent mother and she's one of those mothers who is more interested in living vicariously through their child's fame and partying than like being an actual parent. Um, she's like, at one point she's like doing cocaine with somebody. Yeah. Like, oh, well, she's not a good mother. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we do learn that like, I think Connor's father died and I don't think she ever remarried. She's had a bunch of boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And so Connor was alone by himself a lot. So it was like, it was him growing up with this turtle. He loved Maximus and his friends, uh, Owen and Lawrence, who he's known since childhood, which I believe the Lonely Island was like kind of follows the same trajectory. They've known each other since like high school or something. Yeah, I think yeah, they met in high school or junior high, I forget which, but they they go back a long way. So I'm sure there was there were some of the Lonely Island's personal history mixed into this as well. Right. So and we also learned that now that Connor's a big deal, he has like a whole entourage of people he has to pay off. Like he has a you know professional party boys, a chef. A weed roller and a weed holder. Yes. Uh, somebody to punch him in the nuts to keep him humble. He has, <laughs> he has a lot of you people. You got to remember where he came from. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. And um, 
And so then we also see he's gearing up to new, to do his new album, his follow up uh, second album called uh, Conquest. Yeah, C O N N with like capitals and then Quest. Get it? Because right, yeah. it's Connor, so it's Conquest and Connor. Right, right. And, and uh, but yeah, and, so, you know, because his first album was such a big hit, their expectations are sky high for his second album, and he's he's used over one hundred producers on the seventeen tracks. Yeah. He's like, I wrote this all myself. I have 100 producers on the 17 tracks. I do like that one talking head they had with Owen when they talked to him saying, oh, did you, uh, where Owen says, yeah, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him to, for this, you know, this new album to succeed. And, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. And, uh, you know, I support him. And uh, I think, they, I think they asked him, it's like, oh, did he use any of your beats? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I you know, he said no. <laughs> yeah. So like so, he's kind of he, you get the idea that Connor he's he's getting a bit of an ego to him. You know? Exactly, and uh, so the, and the first single that they put out that they show the whole video for is that uh, he creates a song called "Equal Rights" with mm -hmm. about uh, you know he's pro gay marriage, but uh, throughout the song he he slips in like like Mr. Subliminal style that you know I'm for equal rights, I'm for I'm pro gay marriage, but I'm not gay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that kind of reminded me, The Lonely Island, they have a song called No Homo, right? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Oh, it may, they might. It might be like oh, a... I seem to remember them having a... Let me let me try to look that up. Uh, but I know this song, Equal Rights, is supposed to be a play on uh, or parody of uh, Macklemore's song, Same Love. Because, mm -hmm. like, you remember Macklemore? <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they do have Lonely Island does have a song uh, called No Homo from their album Turtleneck and Chain. So that was uh, in oh. 2011, five years before this movie. So okay. It's kind of similar. I, I guess they just decided to write something along the same lines because they were trying to do original music for this movie. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, this is more supposed to be like a, a play on that Macklemore song where because mm -hmm. like Macklemore, he came out with a song about, you know, how you know love is love and, you know, being gay is, is all right. Uh, yeah. But I think there, and he also in Macklemore in this song he talked about you know how homophobia is is you know laced throughout hip hop which it, which it kind of is I mean it definitely was yeah. but it's getting a little bit better you uh -huh. know uh, but uh, I think if you listen to the same love song there were a few lines in there where you know he he kind of has to make it clear like hey I'm not gay I'm not gay but I you know right. and I think um, the Lonely Island kind of heard that and ran with it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh no, I like gay. I like, I'm not gay. You know, I'm, I support gay rights. But I'm not gay. I like sports and hot wings and fly kicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at one point in the song, he just goes titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leonard Skinner. And and they just like you know flash a woman's uh, chest on the screen quickly. Yeah. Um, I I think the Lonely on they're very good at finding bits of comedy where they can just they also weave in their point of view. Um, but they they don't do it in an ostentatious way. Like it, I'm I'm not I'm not phrasing this well, but 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 they're good examples of you can do comedy and not rely on like dumb stereotypes. You know, right? No, I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, and and I get that same vibe from uh, Andy Samberg's sitcom uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like that's also very funny. But it's also very inclusive, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's like a, you know, I mean, they're they're in Brooklyn. You have all types of people in Brooklyn, so you gotta, mm -hmm. 
I mean, if it was all just white dudes, that I mean that I mean that's a part of Brooklyn. That's that's Bentonhurst, but like it's not. You know, you don't want right. to have all just all that. Yeah, 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 and it's like also like all the people on that show. They are they are generally good people, and they are trying always trying to be better people. And and I like that, and I respond to that, and I I feel like that's something that runs through the comedy of the Lonely Island too. You yeah, know, like, no. they have a like they they have a a song a spring break anthem that just starts out talking about you know the the typical spring break activities like you know wet t-shirt contests or hooking up with ladies and then just like halfway through the song it goes into like marrying a dude <laughs> and it's and it's not and it's not a thing where it's the joke is like ha ha we're gay it's it's actually as you listen to the song more it's like all this dumb debauchery stuff is considered more socially acceptable than gay marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, I gotta listen and, to that song. Oh yeah, look up the video. Okay, look up the video. I will. I will not say any more because I don't want to spoil it for you. But look up the video. It's like uh, I think it's called Spring Break Anthem. Okay, but yeah, the way you talked about it, kind of like in my mind, I was thinking, oh, these are all like stuff that kind of dudes might do to sort of suppress their you know, latent homosexuality or yeah, no, their urges. it's not even that. It's not even that. Okay, all right. Maybe I, I put too much thought into it. Yeah, no, no. Check it out. Will do. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, wow, that was a that was a tangent. Um, yeah. So yeah, so the album comes out. Uh, we see uh, Connor reading the reviews online. Um, mm-hmm. They're 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 mixed. It, he, he, they're mixed. Uh, negative four on Pitchfork. Right. With uh, a, with a scale going from one to ten. Yes, uh, negative four, and Rolling Stone, uh, which has a five star scale, gives him a poop emoji. Yeah, but um, one um, one outlet did call it a triumph, and that was from the Onion. So, yeah. you know, it's mixed. It's mixed. Yeah, it's mixed. It's a mixed bag of reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also uh, sort of touch on this thing when we go back into Connor's uh, backstory about like how he broke away from the style boys. One thing that kind of put him into the spotlight more was his uh, now infamous uh, catchphrase verse. Yes. Yeah. He made like a cameo on uh, whose song was it? I didn't write this down. Uh, it was a musician, Claudia Cantrell played by Emma Stone. Yes. Uh, an uncredited Emma Stone. I was like, I was watching and I was like, is that Emma Stone? I think that's Emma Stone. It looks like Emma Stone in a wig. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Claudia Cantrell had this song called Turn Up the Beef. And um, she wanted Connor to, you know, drop some tracks and l- lay some lyrics, as right. the kids say. And um, so basically, this this is a kind of a nod to the fact how rappers now all have sort of catchphrases. Mm-hmm. In their in their songs, like you know, DJ Khaled, we the best, and mm-hmm. uh, Rick Ross has you know Maybach music. Like everybody, like a lot of rappers have like a little you know the little catchphrase, their little uh, did I do that? I want to dip my balls right. in it moment. So <laughs> <laughs> that was an excellent state reference, sir. Thank um, you, <laughs> thank you. Um, but you know, Connor is so awesome that he did this verse and he put. 30 catchphrases in it and it's and and they they play the clip of the song and it's just and it's just nonsense of course yeah it's all like you know sorry dad doink the doink moped music dj tanner squirrel jam it's it's nonsense music it's just a bunch of random words smashed together 
but uh, people loved it, and that's that's how he, he he got on, as they say. Yes, yes. So that's one of the things that 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 kind of put him in the spotlight and made him a big celebrity. But and we'll that'll get touched on later on in the movie. Yes, yes. Um, we also he's he's getting ready to go on a big tour in support of his new album. Um, we have uh, he gets a deal with a company called Aquaspin. Right. And the the representative from Aquaspin is played by Maya Rudolph. Right. A character named Deborah slash Deborah. Is that how they say it? Yeah, because like basically uh, Connor calls her, oh, thanks, Deborah. And she says, oh, it's actually pronounced Deborah. And he's yeah. like, oh, wow, that's really an interesting way. That's an interesting name. Uh, do you know what the origins of that name are? And she says, oh, I believe it's Deborah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, what they want to do is um, Aquaspin is this company that makes appliances, you know, stoves, refrigerators, mm-hmm. and and uh, toasters and whatnot. And what they want to do is they want to digitally put the album into every appliance. So whenever you open your fridge or open your stove, you hear Connor for real playing. Right. And this is kind of a play on when you two had uh, their album like on everybody's iTunes, whether you wanted the new U2 album or not, it was just there. And so with this, every time you open the, the refrigerator door, his new single starts playing. Yeah, I remember when that happened. Like, it was a minor inconvenience because, like, I really, I'm not a huge U2 fan, but, like, mm-hmm. people treated it like, oh, they violated my, my privacy. You know, fuck U2. Like, it was a huge backlash, I remember. I think it was... I think it was partly just it was because it was a reminder that these companies have so much control over your stuff. Like, I mean, you hear occasionally about somebody's like movies they've bought or something like that just disappearing because like the streaming service or whatever doesn't have the rights to that. And it it could be a movie you purchased or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I think people didn't like being reminded of that. And also, I think some of it was hatred of you, too. Yeah, I get it's weird. Like they have such a huge follow, a huge fan base, but there are a, a lot of people that just are like, "Fuck you two. Like, I I think you don't get as big as you two is without a lot of people really hating you at the same time. It is gonna hate fam. Yep, I hear you. Uh, but um, so they they make this deal with Aquaspin to upload their album into every mm-hmm. um appliance, and uh, right. as as they leave. Um, Owen and Connor are talking about it and like they have this kind of interesting discussion where Owen is like is this a good idea is this okay to do and mm-hmm. and uh, I think Connor says something Connor says something to the effect of yeah this is totally fine I mean there's no such thing as selling out anymore I mean yeah, like people expect you to sell out they they're disappointed if you don't yeah people it's like if you don't sell out people will wonder if no one asked you to and like I kind of mm-hmm. That's something I've been thinking about for a while. Because, like, I mean, when we're selling out. Yes, exactly. I'm ready. (laughs) Sign me up, Mr. Joe Rogan. We're ready. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, in the state of music, just because, like, when we when we were coming up in the in the game, like, being a sellout as a musician was like the worst thing you could do. Like, having your song in uh, in like a movie or a commercial, people were like, "Oh, you're a sellout move." But I've noticed now and now, now more and more. Like, selling out isn't that big a deal to this newer generation. Like, artists, you know, putting their songs in commercials and, you know, I think there's one rapper that has 
like a meal named after him in McDonald's. And it's not a big deal anymore. So I'm like, oh, is selling yet okay now? I don't know. It just, it's just something that rolling around in my head. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I Definitely. guess it's it's you know music is now more of a business, so maybe that, that's why I guess. Yeah, and also I, I don't know. We we live in such a world of corporate placement. I think people are maybe more desensitized to it, or yeah, they don't see it as big of a deal. Yeah. Well, wow, I really brought down the podcast, didn't I? You really uh, did. You really did. You're, you're a little. Uh, you're like uh, Neil Young doing that. This notes for you song. Sorry. Oh. What? <laughs> That's wow. right. I reached back. I reached back to like 1990 for that reference. As we've said, people, we're on. We we know what the kids like. We we have our finger on the pulse of today's youth. Uh, <laughs> the kids love Neil Young. <laughs> they, they, they can't get enough of Neil Young. I mean, you know, remember when he like teamed up with Pearl Jam and he did the he did that thing with Pearl Jam. Wait, how long ago was that, though? I don't know. It was sometime in the nineties. It was. Yeah. It was some. You know, it was back when I was like paying attention to music. There you go. Yeah, the kids love it. Was it. Back when I was remotely culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kids today are like, "Hey, yo, money, play that Neil Young joint." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's my shit. Rocking in the free world. That's what they. Oh, all right. Okay. They teamed up for rocking in the free world. Rocking in the free world. Yeah. Because the kids love Neil Young, people. That's right, man. I'm telling you, they're, they're, he's going to be huge on TikTok. That's right. <laughs> hey, look. If if Fleetwood Mac can like come back again on TikTok, anybody can come back again on TikTok, man. Yeah. We just need a guy to to get like a bottle of Ocean Spray or you know Wilers or some fruit juice. To right. skate, to like skateboard or roller skate while playing, uh, you know, uh, Heart of Gold. Exactly. <laughs> Keep me searching for a heart of gold, and I'm getting old. So yeah, Owen isn't uh, crazy, or he has questions about them doing this awkward spin thing, but he just kind of goes along with it, and yeah, you know, because he feels just Connor knows best. So he's like, "All right, it's what Connor wants," and so we'll just go on and do it. Um, so then they go to the album release party. Um, we do see more and more of like sort of how Owen is getting pushed aside more for uh, Connor, you know, because he's Connor has a spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, while they're on the red carpet, their photographers taking pictures of them. We get another cameo from uh, SNL alumni uh, Kevin Nealon yes. as the uh, as the photographer. Yeah, very briefly, <laughs> Kevin Nealon's there, and that's like the the full amount that he's in the movie. So you're just like, oh, hey, Kevin Nealon. And yeah, like Kevin Nealon. exactly. And uh, so they're at the they're at the after uh, album release party, having a good time. I do like one of the uh, talking head moment that. Um, Paula, you know, Sarah Silverman's character has where she says, yeah, I just want to get Connor to the point where people forget that he's a musician and he's just like there. He's just everywhere, like oxygen or clinical depression. (laughs) Yes, that's a good line. That's a good line. Uh, That's a great line. And (laughs) and so like the the big moment of the album release party comes when they they start up one of the appliances that will automatically start playing his new single and it causes a blackout, not just in the room, not just in the city nationwide. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. No. Uh, yeah. So of course people are upset because 
you know, the world is in darkness because of an album. Yeah. <laughs> that got, you know, poop emojis from the Rolling Stone. Yeah, and this, um, this really mobilizes the hate against. I mean, you thought people hated you too when their album was just automatically on people's iTunes. No, that is nothing to what they're feeling towards Connor right now. Yeah, so people are feeling it's like an invasion of privacy. And like, so already the album is getting off to not a great start. And um, then we get a segment from CMZ, which of course is a play on TMZ. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, it's the, as we get like a, a TMZ like segment of them making fun of the album. And we get some more cameos. From uh, Will Arnett, Mike Birbiglia, Eric Andre, and Chelsea Peretti. Yeah, and they're just doing that thing that like TMZ does on that horrible television show they have <laughs> that like kills your brain cells while you while you watch it. Um, TMZ, TMZ is horrible, you guys, and you should not watch it. Um, but it's, it's it's like a thing <laughs> where they're all just hanging around their cubicles and they're they're all just talking. They're talking about the celebrity gossip. <laughs> He's and, dumb. She's ugly. He's fat. She's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this person's a whore. <laughs> and and Will Arnett's like constantly drinking out of like uh, uh like a coffee mug or like a big gulp. Yeah, like a big gulp thing. I I want to call it a sippy mug, but that's for babies. That's not well, I mean, it's like an adult sippy <laughs> mug, whatever the thing with the little plastic straw built in, that thing. Right. Yeah, I think I, I I like the ongoing gag about that, where like every time he takes a sip of it, like the mug gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And he uh, like the second time they cut to him, he's got like multiple ones. He's got like three in his hand. He starts sipping out of other people's cups. Yeah. At one point, he has like it's like three big gulp cups. That are like duct taped together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at one point, he's drinking out of something so big it has a handle on it. Yeah, like it's like it's a cooler or a thermos. Like, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it, it was good. And yeah, they're just they're just talking about how horrible the album release party went, and you know they they're all laughing at it because well, you know they have no souls. Yes. <laughs> wow. Tell us what see, we're not. Now, oh, you, tell us what you really think, my friend. TMZ is fucking horrible. I mean, how are they? Not, do you disagree? No, I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to that at all. It's pretty. It's pretty tacky. Yeah. No. I. I, I just. I. I hate that when you're like you're making your whole living off of just like rumor arguing and tearing people down and ugh. Yeah. Ugh, it's it's pretty, awful. It's so. It's awful. pretty. Yeah. It's pretty like Perez Hiltony. Yeah. Exactly. Yuck. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So hear that TMZ. You're on our. You're on notice with the SNL. You're, you're on notice. Ugh, you're, we don't. We don't like you. You're on our shit list. It's a bold stance, but we do not like you. That's right. It's a bold stance, but we're here to take it. That's right. All right. So uh, we cut to a scene where it's uh, Harry and Connor. Uh, you know, talking about the uh, opening week of the albums. Talking about all right. Yeah. You know, we got off to a rough start. Uh, wasn't exactly what we were hoping for. Uh, you know, it's a little bumpy, but I think we're gonna be okay. Um, and as they're having brunch by a pool, we see like a bee, like flying around a little bit. So like one bee. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. which it's that plays into what's hap- what's gonna happen later. And um, so then they're talking about well, what are sale? What are the sales for the? What are the sales? And I think um, Harry says, oh, uh, sixty-five. And he's like, oh, okay, 65, that's not too bad for the first day. I mean, it's he's not like, great. Well, no, for that's, that's for the first week. And, uh, yeah. And Connor's like, um, can, can, can those guys turn off the cameras, please? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, this, this scene, is, it's kind of 
funny on a meta level now because there probably was a scene like that of them talking about the box office returns of this movie in real life. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Oh, shit. Like, well, how much did we earn uh, for the first weekend? Oh, well, uh, you know, just uh, like, you know, four point million. Oh, we were expected to make seven, though. Yeah. We did. Yeah. So, um, so they tur- so the uh, the documentarians who's, who are filming them, they turn off the camera. So, like, for the next few minutes, you, you got to picture this. There's no video. It's all audio. Yeah. So it's a, it's a black screen with the, the text of what they're saying over the screen. Um, so then they say, we only made 65. What the fuck? And like, Harry's like, yeah, I don't know, man. There's the people aren't connecting. I don't know what they, they're not connecting with the album. I don't know what to tell you. And like, he's really bummed out. And then um, we hear the sound of the bee again. And then we hear the sound of like more bees, like a swarm of bees yeah. kind of coming and, down. And they're, and they're fighting like, off the bees. Right. And they're like, oh, my God, there's a swarm of bees. Oh, my God, get my flamethrower. Yeah. And then we hear the sounds of Connor using a flamethrower on the bees. It's like, oh, yeah, we got him. We got him. Oh, my God, it's the queen bee. That thing is huge. And we hear a huge buzzing. It's all – this is all theater of the mind, people. Yeah. <laughs> We hear a huge buzzing of a huge queen bee. It's like, oh my god, get the queen! And we hear Connor flame torching the queen bee. And he was like, oh my god, that was insane! That was crazy! That was crazy, guys! Guys, camera guys, please tell me you got that. And they're like, no, you told us to turn off the cameras. Oh, fuck! Yeah, wah wah. Yeah, they did, so you you don't see uh, flaming bees, guys. You just it's, hear about it. It's, it's like yeah. it's like old radio. It, it was cute. It was cute. I mean, I'm I personally, I am not a fan of like audio only mediums. Mm, I, I, think I don't I don't think that works when it's just like sound and nothing else. I mean, I yeah, I hear you. It's it says it's like people need a visual. People don't want to hear two people blabbing and yammering on and on and on. Exactly. Exactly. What's the point of that? I mean, it's like all it is, it's like, like a black screen. And then it's, it's a a black dude talking to a white dude and shit is going on. And you know, you don't know if anything that they reference visually is really happening. And yeah, I mean, what's the point of that? Yeah, just guys yammering on and stuttering and tripping over words and mm-hmm. making references to things beyond before our time. That's like only old people remember. I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, guys, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe too. Yes, yeah, please. Um, we <laughs> we haven't had a nice review on uh, sure. Apple Podcast in a little while, so yeah, yeah, please let's get on that. Hit that subscribe button, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you um so. After uh, next scene we get to, it's a uh, it's a tour. They're gonna go tour the album and and try to try to make this thing work. And uh, we get another cameo from another SNL alum. Uh, you Mr. Bill Hader. Tired of them now? No, actually, get, I'm not. We got another cameo from another. <laughs> it's like oh, another guy I think is awesome. All yeah. right. <laughs> no, we get a uh, Bill Hader. Yeah, plays... Bill Hader as. Uh... He was Zippy, is that right? Yes, yeah, Zippy the Guitar Tech. Yeah. Um, he popped and, up, and they, they don't do too much with Bill Hader after this. Not really, yeah. Like, they, they basically say he's, like, the Guitar Tech, and he's into flatlining. Yeah. Which is, you know, like, from the movie Flatliners. Flatliners, just... directed by uh, Joel Schumacher with cinematographer Jan de Bont. Of course. Yeah. Who went and, on to uh, direct speed? Oh. Yeah. Whoa. whoa. 
put some respect on his name. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you you had no appreciation for Jan de Bont until I mentioned that. <laughs> oh, speed, you say? Well, <laughs> yes. That's a horse of a different color. <laughs> uh, but his his hobby is like in the movie Flatliners. He decides to like clinically kill himself so he is his heart rate is flatlining and then he like sees the afterlife and then he comes back with like visions of the afterlife yeah i mean i kind of wish they did some either it's weird they introduce it in the movie but they don't really do anything with it it's just like a quirky thing it felt like yeah it felt like a, a weird isolated gag and it felt like they do so little with bill Hader in the movie it felt like they only had him for like a day or two or something I think yeah, he's probably like yeah, guys. I got a right battery. So. Yeah, and and maybe <laughs> maybe he was just he was just improvising that or something, and then they they put in some footage later. I don't, it, it's it's an odd digression. Yeah, very much so. Um, and so again, was, I, I don't care for audio only mediums. I don't care for odd digressions. Right, exactly. But I digress. I think uh, the record bears this out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, then we also get another. I said that more upbeat. Another cameo from another SNL alum, uh, Mr. Justin Timberlake, who plays Connor's chef, Tyrus Quash. Yeah, his personal chef who has like all these different ways of making carrots and things like that. Um, yeah, this again, this felt like it was just he was in there because he's he's buddies with with Andy Samberg and the boys. Yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah. Uh, so then we see that some of the tour, we see some of the shows, we see. Um, Connor for real performing some of his new tracks like uh, you know fuck me like we fucked Bin Laden right uh, which they did know. that didn't they do that on SNL yes that they put the video they filmed the video for it and it was on SNL I'm pretty sure they just did that to promote the movie right because I was like okay I've heard this song before I know this song um, oh by the way there's not a perfect place to mention this so I'm just going to throw it in here I love that one of the guys in Connor for real's entourage it has the exact same hair and beard as um, Jared Leto. Yeah, he look. He does look a lot like Jared Leto. It's like Jared Leto with his his Jesus look. You know where where it's like the really long hair, but it's like sort of bleached or frosted or whatever it is, highlighted at the end. And right, yeah. And I was just like, okay, that's got to be an intentional Jared Leto thing. It might be like, uh, but yeah, he's like a British dude. His name is. His, uh, I mean, they, they talk about it later in the movie, how he, like, Connor's just surrounded by all these yes-men that just yeah. kind of glom on him for, like, free stuff and whatnot. And that character's name, the one you just mentioned, his, he goes, he actually goes by the name Sponge in this movie. <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's cute. Very apropos. Yes. Um. So, yeah, he has a movie, he, Connor does a song, Fuck Me Like We, Like Me Fuck Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. He has a song about how Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa is an overrated piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course, we get another talking head from Paula, uh, Sarah Silverman's character, where she says, "Yeah, I mean, his music may not be what I listen to in my free time, but it just seems he, it seems to make so many people money." <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, what's another what's another line I like a lot? Yeah. Um, so at this point, like they they bring in uh, an opening act for the tour. Right, because he's not selling out. He's not. He's not selling out. At one point in one of his concerts, he's like, "Hey, let me hear from the upper balcony." And then the the camera pans up, and there's literally one guy in the upper balcony, mm-hmm. like, "Woo! I love you!" <laughs> yeah, and and his manager 
um, is explaining to him like, oh, well, these are like, you know, 18,000 seat arenas. We're, we're not going to sell those out. <laughs> yeah. And they mentioned like some band Hammer Lake did. And well, that kind of plays into something later on in the movie. Yeah. But but uh, yeah, so Aquaspin wants him to bring in an opener to bring in more people to, you know, sell out these arenas. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Owen brings up the idea, hey, we should get, you should reach out to Lawrence and get the Style Boys together. But, you know, Connor doesn't want to do that. No, yeah, he's, like, he's a solo act now. Yeah, him and Lawrence, they still have that rift. They still haven't talked it out. Yeah. Um, but so Harry has this idea to bring on this new rapper called Hunter the Hungry. Yes. Played, played by SNL alum, Mr. Chris Red. Although at the time of this movie, he was not an SNL alum quite yet, I don't think. Yeah, he was not. This is actually the first time I ever knew about Chris Red when I saw this movie. And then when I found out he got SNL. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, he's actually perfect. Yeah, what, like, when did he start on SNL? Like, uh, 2017, maybe? Uh, I believe so. It was like him and Heidi started at the same time. Let me, uh, let me see if I can look up when his first season was. Right. But, yeah, I mean, he, if he started it, on SNL in 2017. So, I wonder if uh, Andy Samberg and, and the Lonely Island guys put in a good word for him with Lauren. Uh, maybe. It's very yeah. possible. I mean, that, I mean that, and that happens, you know? Right, right. Like, um, yeah, that's that's true. I could see that. If I mean, if they did, I mean, good on them because, like, I I'm a big fan of Chris Red on SNL. I'm a big fan of Chris of uh, Chris Red in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. he was so, there too. Yeah, yeah, he was there too. He was there too. Uh, so in this movie, he plays uh, Hunter the Hungry, and uh, you could tell he modeled this character off of the rapper uh, Tyler the Creator. For those that know. Well, you he's, can tell that. I could not. Okay. But. All right. Well, t- if you don't know, Tyler, the creator, he's like this rapper who's kind of, he says kind of, his raps are kind of like, you know, demented. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like punk rock meets hip hop in a little bit. And he's kind of weird. Okay. And I, I, I'm not a huge fan of his stuff, but like, I know t- tons of people love him. Um, and, you know, it, his weirdness is even confirmed by other interviews they've done with other people. Like they have, there's one scene where the RZA, talks to the camera and it's like yeah he's insane i saw him like eating a blunt one time not, not even smoking it just eating it <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that plays into like oh wow this dude's a little uh, unstable but right. he has a huge following and he can help sell out the the tour and sell out these arenas right. so they kind of got to bring him on um so and another gimmick they want to do to help bring in more people is Connor wants Owen to wear like this robot helmet right. on his head, this sort of Daft Punk type of thing that that's like this big square helmet that lights up and it shoots off like this you know sky beam laser thing, and they, they describe it. They say it looks like the tip of Optimus Prime's dick. <laughs> it's a good line. It's a good line. Yeah, uh, yeah. So basically, they're saying, oh yeah, this is because like. People love EDM now, so this yeah. could be like an EDM thing, like a Daft Punk or Dead Mouse, right? Oprah, Oprah Spin Free, R two LSD two, like one of those DJs. I feel, I feel like at least some of those names are fake. There's, there's one. See if okay. you can figure out which one, guys. All right. <laughs> um, so then, the then they're starting like the European leg of the tour. Uh, you know, he's uh, Connor starts kind of going nuts and acting out on the tour. Um, they say at one point he takes a shit in Anne Frank's house. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a play on something that um, Justin Bieber did a while yeah, ago, too. Yeah, because like when Justin Bieber visited the Anne Frank house, 
Uh, he said he was talking about like how young she was, like because she was in her teens when when she was killed. And he was like, I feel like if she was around today, she would have been a believer. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. I know you're trying to relate this to your experiences somehow, but no, no, <laughs> no, Justin, no, <laughs> no, Justin Bieber, do not do that. Yeah, God, I remember he did that. And I was like, that is, that's like the most, t- like that could be in a parody for, 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 well, I mean, I guess it is, but yeah. like, that's like, that's like, that's I heard him so say, tone deaf. <laughs> the most tone deaf of tone deaf. And, 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 you have to go a ways to to like parody that because that's so over the top bad to begin with. So yeah, taking a shit in the Anne Frank house. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty good. He's like he comes out and he's like, "Whoa, do not go in there." He does the the Ace Ventura thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, guys, hey, listeners out there, if uh, Mother Teresa was alive today, I think that she would love the SNL Nerds podcast. So, oh, yeah, no doubt, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> so so rate, rate, review, and subscribe for, yeah, yeah. for her. It's Mother Teresa's favorite podcast. One love, y'all. <laughs> uh, so while all this is going on, we see Connor and Hunter are actually getting along really well. They're becoming like two buddies. They bond, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, they, they play pranks on each other and everybody else in the entourage. Mm-hmm. And, of course, by pranks, you know, pushing somebody in the pool when they don't want to be pushed in and right. pulling down people's pants yeah. at inopportune times. Pranks! Yeah! <laughs> you know, just good old just good old nature uh, riffing and joshing. Yeah, hijinks. Wacky hijinks. Where Absolutely. Where somebody else look horrible. Yeah. That's, at their expense. That's always fun, right? We all went to college. Yeah. Oh. Um, so the, the tour starts selling out. Uh, Hunter's album goes gold. Um, so so th- it feels like things are turning around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but Hunter's album goes gold, but Connor's hasn't yet. No, so that, no. So Connor. So while there's while they are selling out con- uh, arenas and the tour is doing well, there is this underlining thing where it's all because of Hunter and Connor still sort of in the shadow. Yeah, of him. he's like he's riding not, the coattails of his opening act. Yeah, exactly. Of a, of a newer act, which uh, that 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 can't feel good. Yeah, and and this is around the point in the movie we find out what Lawrence's big beef with Connor is. Is Lawrence says that he wrote the big catchphrase verse, which was Connor's big breakout thing, and he never got any credit for it. We see even Connor accepting the movie's equivalent of a Grammy, the Pop uh, Music Award, a pop yeah, poppy, yeah. Um, which is like this award with just a music note on top of it and he's like and there's one more person i want to thank me because i did it all (laughs) and we cut to lawrence in the audience just going clap clap just glaring daggers while he was wearing the gold chain yeah as you do so and um as he as he went solo he 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 even admits that he never found that he never sort of found the success that he did when he was working with uh connor because he even came out with a song called uh you know things in my jeep where he literally just lists things in his jeep yeah yeah and then they cut to uh who was it where was the celebrity cameo that they oh Nas. To? it was Nas. They, they cut to Nas, and he was like yeah i didn't really relate to that song because i had different things in my jeep <laughs> uh yeah but uh, lawrence goes on to say that yeah he's he's been seeing what connor's doing he doesn't like it because yeah he's doing all these gimmicks like you know he has you know he has hunter opening for him he has owen wearing the robot head 
Mm-hmm. And he's, do, he's doing all these gimmicks and music. Um, I mean, magic tricks. Yeah, he, he's got a quick change gimmick where they, they like, pull the... Uh, that little loop? Yeah, they, they, they pull this thing up, and he does, like, a quick change behind this not, I, this round curtain thing. I don't know what the term is, but... Yeah, it's like you see magi- magi- magicians do it all the time. Right, right. But he has trouble pulling off the quick change because it's it's more geared for a, a for, for a lady for ladies and i i think the way that that works is like the dress like turns around inside out or something like that but that doesn't work well for the dude because you know he's got the junk <laughs> he's got the junk he's got the junk um so he decides to the way to make this work is to you know tuck he, he, he tucks <laughs> you know he, he goes he goes silence of the lambs with this thing and uh and then during, during one of his concerts it, it doesn't the quick change gimmick kind of screws up and he ends up naked on stage goodbye horses he has no genitalia because he's so he's so tucked so far back his junk is in his trunk smooth like a dolphin exactly exactly and that's not a good look that that goes viral and that's when we see the cmz people again yeah, it's like, oh, he's got no penis. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> yeah, because they're all <laughs> Was Goofy on the microphone just a minute? What, yes. what was it? Wow. Yes. Um, Loving it. So, uh, so at this point, Connor decides to, he's going to try and turn around the bad press, and he decides to propose to his girlfriend, Ashley. Yes, uh, played by Imogene Poots. Yes. Uh, love that name. <laughs> um, Poots. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's proposing to his girlfriend uh, Ashley Wednesday because you know it's a, it's it's good PR mm-hmm. and oh, and also because he really likes her too. Yes, yeah, that that's in the mix. So <laughs> um, so he decides to propose to her, and he's got like a bunch of wolves because like she was a wolf in a previous life. I think is that what she? Yeah, said? her. I think he said her her psychic told her that. Like she was like, or had wolf energy mm-hmm. in one of her, and uh, she had like a wolf in her dream. So he right. decided to bring in some uh, wolf wranglers and have live wolves at this engagement. And he right. also had he he hired an orchestra and uh, the singer Seal, right, to 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 sing during this proposal. And we see Seal here. Yeah, the, the and he has the press there too to cover this event. Of um, course, so Seal is singing, and Seal's singing is somehow like triggering the wolves the wolves are going wild and they the wolves go crazy and they attack seal right exactly well the the, the wolves get uh, break loose and we actually get a quick um, cameo from Paul Shear as one of the wolf wranglers yes yes because he, he says like, Paul Shear. yeah because he's like hey you got to cut down its music it's driving the wolves crazy yeah and so but the music keeps playing the wolves uh, break free and they start attacking everybody. Yeah, and and so it's uh, we see uh, was it Connor and Ashley running towards the car. Uh, the wolves attack Seal, yeah, which is uh, not cool. Um, now, now this was a scene that I sort of remembered from the previews, watching the previews back in the day, the trailers. And at one point, they they like go, "Oh my God, the wolves killed Seal!" So I had always thought that they actually killed Seal in the world of this movie. So I was a little disappointed to find out that he actually survives the wolf attack. <laughs> it's like, 
he know. lived all oh. i well i liked the audaciousness of them like killing off a real celebrity within the world of the movie uh <laughs> that that is true That's... yeah in, in that in that respect it is funny yes yeah yeah uh but but it's still funny because like you know seal is maimed by wolves at one point seal says like Oh, you know, that's how I got these scars, like his facial scars, like because I was attacked by wolves. Yeah, fucking and, wolves. And apparently, this is this is kind of a a highbrow joke because, according to the IMDb trivia, like he has Seal has those scars because uh, uh, he had lupus. lupus right. As a kid. wolf, so he was mm. in a way attacked by wolves. Ooh, hungry like the wolf. It's a smart joke. <laughs> it's a thinker. It's a it's a thinker. Yeah, he's hungry like the wolf. He he smells like he sounds. That's right. I'd I'd like to meet his tailor. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, like, oh, we are on fire tonight. Line. Yeah. <laughs> um. So so okay. So this is trying to supposed to rehabilitate Connor's image in the press. Doesn't really <laughs> go that hot. Um. Yeah. Uh, Seal ends up uh, suing him. Yeah. Because, you know, he got attacked by wolves. Sure. And so he's upset. Um, yeah, the, the press is kind of attacks him. Uh, Connor ain't doing great. All his fans are against him now. They're putting up, you know, videos on YouTube and TikTok. are like, yeah, I, I used to love Connor, but now I hate him. He sucks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big old bad wave, my friend. And uh, so Connor ends up going on Fallon to try to smooth things over with his... Um, with the, with the fans and everything. Yeah, and he, go, he goes on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. SNL um, alum. A, a, <laughs> um, and, you know, because it's the Jimmy Fallon show, he does he does a bit with Jimmy Fallon where he's like, hey, let's do the, the donkey roll together, which was the big uh, thing that they, they did, the Style Boys did back in the day. And so they put on the right. Style Boys sweater and... Yeah, I think they kind of ambushed him because he didn't know what was happening, but um, right. I think Owen, Owen did. Because like when he mentioned when Fallon mentions the donkey roll and the style boys, um, you know, uh, he says, "Oh yeah, we should do the." You know, like I used I used to do a mean donkey roll myself. I think Con, mm-hmm. I think uh, Owen's backstage somewhere. Kid contact. Let's right. do the donkey roll for the people. Right. And like and like Owen's already comes out. He's ready. He already has the style boys sweater ready to go. Yeah. And like um, Connor begrudgingly does it because right. he's trying to st- sell an album. But like um, once they get backstage. You know, Connor tells Owen, "Like I don't, I didn't want to do that, man. It looked like a, a has been. I, I, I like, why'd you yeah. ambush me like that?" Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so he's not happy. He's he's fallen out with Owen. Uh, Connor is dumped by Ashley. Um, uh, yeah, the album drops off the charts. Right. And he's he just kind of spirals more and more, and mm-hmm. he's getting more and more depressed over it. Uh, at this point. We have Owen getting an idea to call, give Lawrence a call because they're still okay. They're still cool. yeah. He like Owen calls Lawrence on his farm and he says, "Hey, we're the tour's coming to your area. Why don't you come out and you meet up with Connor and then you two can mend fences." And he's, as the movie puts it, he's trying to parent trap them. Yeah, because he got this. He got the idea from this really old, obscure movie called *The Parent Trap*. Right, and it's the Lindsay Lohan *Parent Trap*, not the Haley Miller. <laughs> just, uh, just if you, in, in case that makes a difference to anybody out there. If you weren't feeling old enough, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's that one. I don't think so, I've ever watched the all 
all of the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap. I I haven't watched any of the Parent Trap movies. I remember seeing like the Haley Mills Parent Trap at, at I must have been summer camp when I was a kid. Oh, uh, okay. Is it and, is it all right or? Uh, you know, I remember it being all right. It's like an early '60s Disney movie, so yeah. you know, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, back it's, then it wasn't the first Parent Trap; it was just the Parent Trap because it was the only Parent Trap. Right. It's no uh, Three Caballeros. I mean, or... science had not yet developed the technology to have a second Parent Trap movie. We weren't there yet, man. We had the the, the dream was there, the ideas were there, but we just. The technology. Just we had a man on the moon, but we had not developed the technology for a second parent trap movie. I mean, that, did not, that did not come until we invented Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> yes, in a laboratory mm-hmm. uh, beneath the Earth's crust. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, so Owen invites Lawrence out to the tour to parent trap him with Connor. But, you know, and they're, they're all in the back of a limo together, and it's not going well. They've still got beef. Yeah, uh, exactly. So it's one of those things where I think Owen told Lawrence, oh, yeah, he wants to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen tells Connor about it, saying that Lawrence wants to apologize. Uh, they all get in the back of this limo to talk it out. And, of course, neither one of them are going to apologize. And then they have it out. And while this, they're having it out, uh, a bunch of Connor's fans surround the limo and, like, just pressing them their faces and themselves yeah. up against the limos. We, of course, we see... Uh, uh, booties and boobies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being yeah, impressive. Like, like uh, uh, some woman has, like, you know, lowered her skirt or whatever, and she's just written "I love Connor" on her on her butt cheeks. You know, as you do, yeah, as you do. Uh, you know, if you're a big fan of Connor and you have a friend that can write that on your butt cheeks for you, um, right? And that's a good uh, friend. I, oh I'm, man, I'm just gonna say that right now. That's a good friend. <laughs> John, would you write on my butt? Uh, I love no. Connor. No, oh. I I would not. <laughs> okay, you didn't even let me finish. You, you no, didn't know what I was going to say. The the message doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a message that you would want me to write on your butt that I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that's I'll do that. That's all right. <laughs> that's fine. I'll do that. that's, that's fine. fine. Oh, that's a deal breaker. No, no. I'm just, I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, no. I do, I do not want to write any message on your butt. And I'm assuming the same is true for you writing on my butt. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so while they're having it out, they're having this argument, um, I think Connor notices that somebody's pressing their boobies up against the, w- the window. Saying, yeah, oh, somebody's see, flashing their boobs. See, see, see uh, Lawrence, this is all for me. This is part of my success. My mm-hmm. fans love me, and I love them. And while he's talking to... Uh, Lawrence, he doesn't notice that somebody has pushed those the boobies out the way, and it's a dude who um who who pulls down his pants to press his uh exposed peni against the window, and we see a, a floppy cock. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yep, was not expecting that the first time I saw this movie. Yes, some dude's penis just hanging out there outside the window. Um. And then, and then eventually they roll down the window and a woman's like, oh, this is my fiance's penis. Can you sign your name on his penis so that we can get it tattooed on there? Right. And then he's as like, oh, as you do, as, as you're wont to do. Uh, so, of course, he signs the penis, uh, purells his hands immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, nothing between Connor and Lawrence has been resolved. Like, Lawrence still thinks he's a dick for not acknowledging 
he wrote the the catchphrase verse, and he leaves the limo, and like they're both still on the outs. Yeah. Uh, so if the tour goes, oh, okay. What you what you think of the penis gag? Um, I mean, it's I, I thought it was like more shock value, I guess. Yeah. But like, I didn't like totally hate it. I I thought it was okay, but I also felt a little played out, like doing that after both Walk Hard and Sideways. You know, mm. Sideways. Yeah, you, you, have you seen the movie Sideways? The what uh, Giamatti? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been oh, it's been forever, but well, yeah. Well, you, it apparently has been a while because there there is a, a, a dude's penis that gets slammed against a uh, a car window in that. Oh, there is. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh? I, I I totally blocked that. How? Did, I mean, Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, he like sleeps with this woman, and it turns out she has like a boyfriend, and they're making a getaway. And he like dives into the car, and the 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 uh, guy comes running out after them, and his his bare penis like slams against the car window. I'm probably misremembering it, but I remember that visual. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just because I guess you're, I guess you know, frontal male nudity isn't in a lot of movies, so when it is, you you remember it. You you make a little mental note. Yes, you're just like, oh yes, okay. I, Unexpectedly right. saw a penis in that movie, yeah, um, wow. and it is a shocking thing when you're not expecting to see a penis. Yeah, in a I'll, I'll or in this... life, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, you know, you don't, you know, if you're just walking down the street and you're like, "Oh, hey, what's that there? What's like, that there, fella? Just happy to see me." Any any penis I ever see, I want to get a fair amount of warning about it. Give me a heads up. Just let me know. Yeah. Like you know, shoot me a text. Shoot me an email. <laughs> uh, yeah, tweet at us. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> don't, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe don't do that. Don't do, don't that. do that. But uh, no, yeah, I, I, I totally understand why women do not want to get unsolicited dick pics because it is—it's not a fun thing to see. Yeah, I, my, my heart goes out to women. I got to deal with that. It's, uh, yeah, it's a bummer that you got to deal with dudes just be like, hey, she'd love to see this, right? No, 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 she no. Does not. <laughs> no. no, no one wants to see. I, I don't want to see my own half the time. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I shower with my head held high. Yeah, exactly. I don't, exactly. I don't look down there. No, no. Yeah, so guys, stop it. Put it, shove it back in your pants. Listen, no one wants it. Just, just go through life assuming no one ever wants to see your penis, and I, I think you will be leading a better life. I, I, I do. Yeah. Look how happy I am now. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like this, it, the, the gag, it didn't take it. I, I, I kind of wish in a way they, they'd taken it farther. Because like in Walk Hard, we had the shock value of just like suddenly seeing this guy's penis and it stays on screen for longer than you expect. And it was kind of a similar thing here. But I feel like they didn't really add to the gag enough, if that makes sense, you know? Um. Yeah, I guess. I guess yeah. so. I mean, it didn't, it didn't bug me, but I see what you, I see your point. No, I mean, it didn't really bug me, and I'm not saying like, "Oh, you stole that gag," but right. I don't know. I I, I, want, I wanted more. I wanted the gag to build a little more somehow. You know, <laughs> gag. Yeah, <laughs> penis gag. I see what you did there. Very nice. <laughs> okay. Hey-o! Uh, yeah. So, so the tour continues. Yeah, the tour and- continues. And uh, we see more and more that Hunter is taking over 
the tour. He's going over his allotted time. He's right. He's going on stage. He's been on stage like thirty minutes longer than he should be, and he doesn't seem right. to want to get off stage, which of course annoys Connor. <clears throat> and the two of them have it out while on stage. Uh, they get into a big old fight on stage. Um, Hunter admits that yeah, it was me that that pranked you with that whole clothes changing thing where yeah. people saw your your smooth crotch. Yeah. <laughs> and like they, they have it out. It gets, it's, it's a disaster on stage in front of all these people. Uh, Connor goes to Harry, the manager saying, I want to, you got to get rid of Hunter. He's you know, like, you know, he's a yeah. problem. And, and Harry's like, no, we can't get rid of him. He's number one right now. And Connor's like, well, where am I? And he says, Harry goes, numbers don't matter. You know that. <laughs> um, I love I loved that gag. I love him just turning on a dime like that. It's a fantastic line. I mean, God, t- God bless you, Tim Meadows. You make Tim you... Meadows. I mean, he's underrated talent, man. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah so th- while they're having an argument, um, <clears throat> I think uh, Owen kind of wants to step in and have his say, but Connor tells him to you know take a hike because mm-hmm. you know he's like, oh, why don't you try to get me and Lawrence together again? So there's that divide between the two of them gets wider and wider. Right. And um, then uh, Harry lets it slip that uh, Hunter is signed, that he signed Hunter. So he represents both him right. and Connor. Right. Which, of right. course, Connor does not like. So Connor's like, all right, you got to choose either me or him. He takes that as a betrayal. Um, and then, and then <laughs> not long after that, we find out that Connor's now ex fiance Ashley, is with Seal. Yeah, that was quick. That was uh, that was funny. I, I like that twist, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm less annoyed that they left Seal alive now because that's a funny gag. Right? They left him alive so love could bloom again, Joe. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, Connor gets upset. He fires his manager. He fires Harry. Uh, he feels like he doesn't know who to trust anymore. He doesn't know. He can't can't trust his ex fiance. He can't trust uh, Harry. Who mm-hmm. can you trust? Who so can he, you trust? Yeah. So he decides yeah. to test his entourage. And test their loyalty. Right. By making pancakes for them with uh, dog shit in them. Yeah. Yeah. So he feeds them pancakes and he's just he just wants to see. We don't we as the viewers do not know that it has dog shit in them. But he just but Connor is just waiting to see if anybody says anything about it. And Owen is like, yeah, this tastes horrible. And then the other two guys are like, oh, no, this is fine. This is great. So he's like, oh, well, you two are just yes men. You're just suck ups. Owen yeah. was like still loyal. He was the only one brave enough to say this tastes horrible because I right. put dog shit in these pancakes. <laughs> and even then, the yes men are like, "Oh, that's that's disgusting," but that's really smart, man. Yeah. To show like you, who's loyal to you. You're really smart there, Connor. Right. Whoa. And I think one of them even takes another bite of the pancake. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and uh, yeah. um, uh, yeah. But at this point, like Owen, like is really upset by this. Yeah, you know, as, as he as he should be. Yeah, and he quits. He's like, you know, you're horrible. That's that's a horrible thing to do to people who are your friends. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he said like I've known you my whole life. How could you? Why why would you think I'm? Why can't you not trust me? Like, yeah, you know. And he's like, I quit. Like, what do I even do anymore? I I just I use I wear a robot head and I press a button on an iPad. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so so this kind of starts a downward spiral for Connor. His his turtle Maximus dies. He he's punched out by Martin Sheen, not Charlie Sheen. Martin Sheen, West Wing hey, guy. 
He's a tough motherfucker. Don't. And it's just a quick and you a blink and you miss a cameo by Martin Sheen. But I thought, oh, that's cool that Martin Sheen did that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, his beloved turtle Maximus does die. Like as mm-hmm. he tries to get him to the hospital, paparazzi surround the car. He can't get out. Right. Uh, they're they're blocking his way out, and uh, they do have this one cool scene that I liked where he gives Ma- Maximus like a, this Viking funeral in his pool. Yes. Where everybody's dressed all in white, and he just um. Ships off the turtle, he lights it on fire, and uh, they don't really light a turtle on fire. It's like a covered yeah. thing that the turtle body is in. So. Yeah, no, no turtles were harmed in the making of this movie. Exactly. And uh, so, as as soon as he lights it on fire, like all the friends, all his entourage start a pool party immediately. immediately. They jump in the pool and they start partying. Yeah, with yeah. with a flaming turtle in the pool. Right. Um, and then Aquaspin releases Connor from his contract. Uh, so then the tour is canceled. So, yeah, this he's yeah. he's 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 at a low point right now. Not good, not good. Yeah, this no. is this is like the third act of behind the music right now. Right, this is the lowest of the low. Yeah. Uh, so uh, three weeks pass. We see Connor staying at his mom's house. Uh, you know, house sitting while she's on tour with Fallout Boy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so he spends his days now just. Kind of drinking all day and uh, watching uh, dre- dressage or dressage. Which I have is like no a, idea. It's like a horse thing. I don't even. I didn't even, even hear about. I didn't that. even know it was a thing. Okay. Apparently, it's a thing. He, he's he, drawing horses and he's watching horse shows. There's a lot of horse stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of horse stuff. It's, uh, um, but it's a so Paula, his publicist Sarah Silverman, she says like, "Hey, I've got. I got to take you out of here. You got to. You got to get out into the world." So she takes him out to this bar. Connor puts on this disguise because he's like, oh, I'm so famous, I'll get mobbed otherwise. So he, he puts on a disguise with like a fake chin and this huge fake nose um, and a wig. He's got like this sort of beetly wig. And Right, yeah. It's, um, it's uh, I think, uh, uh, um, they kind of riff on it where <clears throat> Paula says, oh, you look like Nazi propaganda. Yes. At some point, I think somebody even says he looks like Jason Siegel. I didn't really think he looked like Jason Siegel. Um, he honestly looked more like Danny Pudi in the disguise to me. But Danny Pudi, yeah. All right, I got a Danny Pudi vibe. Okay, that's just me. Got a Pudi vibe. All right, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, but as they're out in the bar hanging out, you know, Connor did appreciate you know getting out the house for a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, Paula kind of set it up a little bit because uh, there's a performance happening in this bar, and the performance happens to be uh, Owen. Yeah. Playing a lot of his uh, some original music he did. Yeah, it's it's his beats. It's all the beats and it's all the artistic expression he couldn't get out when he was working with Connor. Right, and uh, they did this thing that I really appreciate, where they had him making his beats, and Connor was like, "Oh wow, he's really good. Mm-hmm. These beats are amazing." But then when uh, Owen goes to sing, he's not a great singer. So then, yeah. then, then like Connor's like, oh, it's a little pitchy, but all right, all right. I mean, that's just a little thing that they show how, like, the three of them together, Lawrence, Owen, and Connor, they like really need each other. They complement yes. each other. Yes, yeah. Like, I like part- that, that, that. There was like they each bring something to the party, and you can appreciate what the individual contributions of each were. Like, yeah, Connor's a great vocalist. Owen has the beats, and Lawrence is the most skilled writer. So. Yeah, so they each bring something to the party, and I and I wonder if that's like, uh, something from like what the Lonely Island is like, you know? I did feel like that was definitely something that was that was taken from their real life because I mean, 
I mean, when the Lonely Island first kind of came out, you know, Andy Samberg was was kind of the front man, like uh, just because he was the cast member on SNL, right? And, and, and like, the other two uh, were writers, and they would pop up on the show occasionally, but they weren't regular cast members. Yeah, I think like the first time I ever saw them was in that uh, "Jizz in My Pants" video, and uh-huh. even then, I was like, "Oh, did it? SNL have new cast members? Who who the hell's that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but I mean, I don't I don't know if there's. Maybe, maybe at first it maybe was a little resentment because he seemed to Andy Samberg seemed to be getting like all the accolades and prob- there were probably people saying, "Oh yeah, Lonely Island." That's like uh, Andy Samberg and the uh, the other his other two little friends or whatever. Well, yeah, and and still to this day, Andy Samberg is certainly uh, more known by the average person on the street than than the other two. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, he yeah. does he's more he does more stuff in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. So after Owen performs, uh, Connor walks up to him and says, "Like, oh man, you're really good. You're you really mm-hmm. have some great beats." But then, of course, Owen is like, "Yeah, but you know, I, my voice is not great." And like, and then the two of them have like a really nice moment, and then they 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 reconcile. They have like mm-hmm. a, they, they get back together. And, and um, uh, yeah, so the the two of them they decide to go visit Lawrence and make amends with Lawrence, and. Uh, Connor gives a not great apology. He's he's sort of <laughs> he sort of like realizes what he should be apologizing for over the course of the apology, um, and he, he's admitting he eventually comes to like Lawrence wrote the catchphrase verse. Right, exactly. He's saying like, "Oh, you're mad at me because like you know you wrote, fine you wrote some of it, but then." Like I wrote, I wrote a lot more, and it's like, oh wait, no, all right, fine, you wrote most of it, but I did write some of it. All well, right, all no, the best you... lines were me. Uh, uh, no, okay, well, I mean, all the best stuff was you. Okay, fine, you wrote the whole thing. <laughs> okay, I wasn't even there that day. Yeah, yeah, I showed up late, and that was like some weird kind of power move on my part. And, right. Uh, and I think at the end he says, like, you know, you know, it's it doesn't matter because no one cares who writes the song; they only care who performs it. The only person who seems to really care about it is you right and like i think that's when he had that realization that yeah it matters to him that he gets acknowledged for his work yes yes um so uh, so they reconcile the three friends are reunited we and then we discover that lawrence's farm is actually a weed farm he's been farming weed all this time he's got massive fields of weeds he's got workers (laughs) just so much weed. You cannot imagine how much weed this is. This is like Seth Rogen's wet dream. Yes, it's like Seth Rogen, Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson's, uh, you know, weekend. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, the, the three of them, uh, they got high together. They start working on stuff. It turns out Lawrence has like a studio in one of his barns and they start working on stuff on like one of their old beats and, and turning that into a new thing. And they're just really enjoying collaborating together. And then just then, uh, Connor gets a call that he's been invited to the Poppy Awards, which right. which he was he was getting the runaround from them before. But you know, thankfully they say Taylor Swift has been arrested for murder, so you know now you can come on and do whatever you want. Finally, justice has been served. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad the authorities finally caught up with her. Get that menace off the streets. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. We love all the... We love you, Taylor Swift, here at the That's right. Nerds. Yeah. Yes. Don't come after us, Swift Hive, or whatever you call yourselves. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, but he is a murderer. Yeah, um, I mean, she, she's got bodies on her. Right, yeah. <laughs> she has ink in her ledger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of myself for that one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so they go to the Poppy Awards, and the, 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 the plan is they're going to do... Uh, they're going to do a Style Boys reunite and they, they'll do one of their old numbers and then uh, Connor will do a new number, like the new piece that they worked on as like a solo thing. Right, because I think at first um, Paula said, oh, they want you to close out the show and then he turned them down because he was having fun with um, uh, Owen and Lawrence. And then right. he, he told them to jeopardize their friendship again. Right, and he told them you know, he told him what he did and it was like, well, no, you should go do it. Like, you know, yeah. it's like how, you know, uh, you know, the RZA is part, does solo stuff, but he's still part of the Wu-Tang clan. Right. And it's like, it's like that. Like Ghostface Killer does solo stuff, but he's still in the Wu-Tang clan. Right. I mean, they, they, they realize that they want him to go out and do his solo stuff, but you know, don't forget, don't forget us. You're, you're, you're still part of, you know, our, this little collective we made. You, you are still part of the Wu-Tang clan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's all. It all comes back to the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, I'm most things do. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. Like this all came from maybe a discussion the actual Lonely Island guys had. One Probably. Day. Yeah, like they talk about how they're members of the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. Right. Uh, and also, I think there was one talking head that I liked where um, Owen talks to the camera, saying how on the way to the farm he noticed that Connor had a book called uh, "How to Be a Better Friend," and it was like right. you know. Dog it's dog-eared, and there's, like, notes written in it and stuff. So it's like, yeah, he's really trying. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and that shows he knows how to read, which was a huge relief for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he wasn't sure if his friend knew how to read or not. Well, I mean, are you ever really sure if your friends know how to read? I'm not. Uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. For the record, people, I, I can read. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's your story. <laughs> okay. I can read. <laughs> I know words good. Look, you're you're being very defensive, Darren. <laughs> I can read, Darren. I can okay. read. All right. It's just talking. That's where I trip up. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah. So the the three the three style boys reunited. They go to the Poppy Awards. Uh. They run into Hunter with his uh, documentary crew because he has a doc crew now too. Right. I liked. Th- they had a gag where you know Chris Red. He's he's turning to like narrate to his documentary crew and they're like uh no you're with the wrong crew that's we're we're with connor and he's like oh okay and then he turns around to another camera crew and starts talking to them and they're like uh no we're not your crew either that we're we're with him and then the the camera pans over and it's snoop dogg yes because snoop dogg has his yeah it's basically just how every celebrity has their own documentary camera crew now right yeah i like that that was a good gag yeah no it's a good gag absolutely um, so the guys go backstage, Hunter is on stage presenting the next, uh, Poppy Award with, uh, Mariah Carey. We get a Mariah Carey cameo. Yeah. Um, and then the two of them kind of have it out. He says some stuff that wasn't cool. That He's, made he's her... inserting, like, corporate sponsorship stuff, talking about how cool Aquaspin is. Yeah. It's like, hey, Mariah Carey, your hair looks great. You know what else would look great? If you used, uh, Aquaspin's new hair products. Or, right. You know. Available now. And that is not cool with Mariah Carey, because Mariah Carey has just so much integrity, you guys, and she would never, ever sell out for anything. She's the most humble person she knows. 
I mean, Mariah Carey keeps it real. Yeah, her. We go like babies and pacifiers. Yeah. Old dirty dog's no liar. <laughs> so yeah, so um, so after that little altercation, uh, Hunter and Harry have an argument. Uh, you know, Hunter, think, Hunter quit. Harry quits as Hunter's manager. Right. I think because like Hunter called him an old man has been. Right. And then that Harry gets his his dander he, he up. He brings the Tony 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 thing. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, he said, watch your mouth, young blood. I will eat your head. <laughs> that is the button you do not push. <laughs> exactly. So then, of course, Harry fires Hunter, told him to get a new manager. And uh, he walks up to Connors. You know, they, then they, uh, they reconcile. And he says, you know, go out there and kill it, man. You're, you're, mm-hmm. the, you're, you're the one. You're, um, he's the chosen one. Yes, exactly. He's, he's Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. Um, so... They're all ready. They're reunited. They're ready to perform. And then it comes that the show is running over. And they're like, hey, we only have three minutes for your thing. So you have to decide, are you going to do the Style Boys song or are you going to do your solo song? And that's that's the big moment of truth for Connor. He has to decide. Right. And, of course, we have the, the stage manager telling him this. And, like, while as Connor doesn't say anything and he's, like, thinking about it in his head, looking over to his boys, looking over to the stage. Um, and I think the, I like how the stage man na- narrates that whole process. Yeah, yeah. His, his conflict. She's like, okay, he's looking over at the style boys. I think he's leaning that way. Oh no. Well now he's looking back towards me. So I don't know what to think. Um, okay. Okay. And, uh, so then it cuts to their performance. They're being introduced by this band Hammerleg, who, mm-hmm. uh, they got mentioned earlier in the movie. And I had totally at, forgotten this by this point in the movie. Yeah. Like if you look at the lead singer of Hammerleg, he looks that's, very familiar. That's Weird Al Yankovic, my friend. And I know, I know. <laughs> I didn't realize until like I, I saw it in the in the credits, and I was like, oh, okay, that was Weird Al. All right, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, you know the uh, the OG in uh, music comedy. I was just like, that's really weird. Why are they introducing a fictional band at this point in the movie when it's been mostly cameos by real musicians? So. Yeah, that that was a little weird. Yeah. I, I felt like okay, there's some gag here. I'm not quite getting. But because he wasn't quite recognizable enough, it didn't really land for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, maybe there was more to it, but it, it just ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I, I, yeah, maybe it could have been more of a runner. I feel like a few things in this movie could have been more runners than they were. Like, you know, the, the negligent mom, the Joan Cusack. Uh, like, you know, we could have done more Bill Hader's character in Flatlining or something, you know? Yeah, like I feel like they could have cut out some of the songs that they focused on, like the Mona Lisa mm-hmm. song, the uh, the Spain song, and like a few other stuff. They could like cut that out and just put in all that other stuff to like sort of beef up the uh, the storyline a little bit. But but we're getting to our big epic closing number, and they do a number. He decides to Connor decides to do the Style Boys number, and they do a song called Incredible Thoughts with uh, a Mister. Michael Bolton. Right. And that's when they uh, reveal that while they were in the studio, they created this whole new song with Lawrence's words and writings. Mm-hmm. And like they, I guess they, they were able to put it all together and right. get a copy of it to the people at the Poppies Awards. Right. And uh, they performed this entire song, this yeah. new song called Incredible Thought. It kind of reminded me of, wasn't there like an insane clown posse song about, like things that we're thinking about, like magnets. How does that work? Yeah, am I nuts? I, I 
I, I, I got vibes from that, from, uh, from this. I don't know. I don't know if I know Insane Clown Posse enough to, like, point out, like, oh, this is like an Insane Clown Posse song. You're not familiar with the, you're not familiar with the ICP discography? I, I'm only, uh, yeah, I'm not really down with the ICP. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah. So they have this uh, this song called "Incredible Thoughts" about you know, you know, the stuff that comes into your head. Yeah, and and, uh, it's, and it's just it's just random thoughts. It's just word salad. It's a whole song of word salad. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we have Justin Timberlake coming out in a fish costume, the mm-hmm. chef playing a guitar. Uh, yeah. We we get uh, Harry you coming know, it's, out. It's like very much a mass singer sort of thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, we get Harry playing saxophone out of mm-hmm. nowhere. And then the three of them get together and they do the donkey roll again. And uh, Usher comes out and donkey rolls with them. Mm-hmm. And it's like this big triumphant moment. Uh, style boys are back, baby. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then uh, that's pretty much it. Then they, they come off stage and they have, they've, you know, they found their friendship again. Uh, Lawrence makes out with uh, the stage manager out of nowhere. Right. Right. Um, uh, Akiva's real life wife. Yes. Yes. Exactly. All, all of their real life wives have cameos in this movie, which I, I thought was nice. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch it because I missed uh, Andy's wife and Yorma's wife. Uh, Andy's wife uh, pops up in the flatliner sequence. She is like a uh, like a pink haired paramedic. Oh, and, okay. uh, Yorma's wife. Uh, it's listed on the IMDb trivia. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Marielle Heller is a member of Connor's documentary crew. So, okay, all right, I'll 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 be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so then they they've gotten back together and things are okay. Connor's better. He has a new turtle, Maximus Two. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the movie, he gets jumped by a wolf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end. But I mean, the, the, the he he gives the moral of the movie. Uh, kind of at the end, he's just like, "Be a good person, and the rest falls into place," which which is a nice sentiment, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's pretty much the movie. I mean, I really enjoyed this film. This, I, I just this movie deserved way more love than it got. I'll say that. I think it. I think it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I thought there's some funny stuff in there. I think, you know, it's a little, it's maybe a little too episodic, you know. I, I wanted it to be more cohesive somehow. You know, it's, I wouldn't put it at the same level as, like, say, Walk Hard or certainly not This is Spinal Tap, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, I, I, but, it is a, but it didn't deserve to flop, I think. No, uh, it didn't deserve to be a flop. I, I think uh, Cult Hit seems like the right level for this movie, you know? All right, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, like, um, I don't know. I've always, I've always, I like, I remember watching this movie, I think, for the first time, probably... Either I rented the video or it was like on HBO. But like after mm-hmm. watching it, I was like, "Oh, I should have seen this in the theater. This is way, this is like way better and smarter than I thought." I liked how the theme of friendship is pretty much throughout the whole film. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I like the fact that uh, each, you know, it's like how the three of them, you know, are, have been friends for so long, and each one of them brings something to the table that the other person doesn't have. Right, like the three of them combined can make some amazing work, which is probably, again, probably something reflective of uh, the Lonely Island guys. Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's the exact same breakdown. I would suspect in real life there's more overlap in what they do, but 
but yeah, I mean, it's a good device for the movie, certainly. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, overall, I, I, I think this movie's pretty great. I, I wouldn't go say great, but I would say pretty, pretty, pretty good. All right. David with it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, like uh, we tweeted out that we were doing this episode, and uh, we got a few tweets about it, actually. Oh, did we? Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's hear them. Uh, Manette Moratti, fan of the show, says, mm-hmm. uh, Growing up with the Jonas Brothers, Hannah Montana, Justin Bieber, Glee, and Katy, and Katy Perry, live in concert theater movies from the mid-2000 to 2010s, make me think that despite it being a great movie, it came at too late a time to be as popular as it could have been. Um, I mean, that's fair enough, I guess so. Like, by the time this movie came out, that whole pop era was dying down a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I think you have, a, you have a point there. Uh, Sarah at uh, Conscious Deer 88 says, definitely an underrated favorite, and I still will find myself listening to tracks from the soundtrack every so often. Okay. And uh, Jordash Dewan Jordan, that's a name, mm-hmm. uh, says, a great underrated movie. All right. So, yeah, there's there's <clears throat> love out there for this. Yeah, spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I think it's a great film. Thumbs up. Uh, go check it out. It's on uh, FX. I think it's on FX now. You can watch it. I believe. It's I mean, I it. was able to rent it on Amazon Prime. I think that's probably the easiest way to see it at the moment. Ooh, so love. Uh, okay. Uh, where, where you can stream it? You can rent it on uh, DVD. Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever way you watch your movies, people. Yeah, go can, go on and watch you, it. You can borrow it from uh, your local library. Go support your local library. Yeah, go support them. Show them some love. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, that's our podcast, guys. Thanks so much for listening again. Uh, do we have anything else to mention? Do we want to mention? I know we talked about uh, it. Well, I mean, we can we can talk about what we're going to do next week. We could uh, we could give a little update on. Uh, what's been happening with the Twitter account? We've we've only been able to just allude to that in the last couple weeks on the podcast because we've had guests the last few weeks. Um, but maybe we should let people know what's what's going on there. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we, we might as well let uh, folks know now. Um, yeah. So, do, do you want to start it off, or should I? Um, okay. Well, I mean, short version is I I did a stupid thing, and the the, the account has been. I guess suspended. Is that what we would call it? I don't know. It's like in purgatory or something. It's in limbo. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Like there's this thing, like you go on Twitter. If you haven't added in your birthday on your account, it, it, you get this little pop-up thing saying like, Hey, add your birthday, add your birthday, add your birthday. Why haven't you added your birthday? And on the SNL nerds account, you know, one morning I was just like, well, why don't I add the birthday? I'll put in the day the podcast started which was like October 1st of 2018, I think. And I enter this in, and then Twitter immediately goes, oh, this means you're two and a half years old. You can't have a Twitter account. And boom, instantly shut down. And uh, so... Immediately. Immediately. Just and, and we haven't been able to get any sort of response from Twitter support yet. Uh, which is very annoying, very frustrating, and we can't access the account in the meantime. Right. So, I mean, it's weird because like, like Twitter was like quick to shut it down. Right. But as far as fixing this, 
and getting us back, you know, up and running, that's going to take some time, I guess. Yeah, no, and we're we are tweeting at them every day with the case number. Um, still have not gotten any kind of response for it. If you want to help us out, I think the best thing that you can do is to tweet at uh, Twitter support and give them the case number. It's case number 021-415-7957. Both Darren and I have tweets about this. If you can like and retweet those, that would really help us boost the visibility uh, and hopefully get the problem fixed soon. Right. And if you know anybody that works at Twitter or you have have an in, have a connect, uh, yeah, yeah, let us know. Or if you know a way to get around this, you know, big... This big old Mishagosh we find ourselves in, yeah. Uh, you know, help, help us out. You know, help help two folks get out of this uh, Twitter jail that we seem to be. Ourselves. Yeah, it's it's just it's just frustrating because I feel I feel like we've done some really good shows the last couple of weeks, and it's annoying that we can't use the Twitter account to uh, promote that and you know share fun SNL stuff. Right. So we come to you, the listeners. If you can help us out, you know, please help us out. Hashtag free SNL nerds. Yes. And uh, just, just help us get us back on our feet, man. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. This was supposed to be the summer of George. <laughs> <laughs> well, well played, sir. Well played. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, next episode, do you want to talk about what we're going to do? Um, well, I mean, it was your idea. Why don't you talk about it? Well, sure thing. Uh, well, next weekend, July 4th, 4th mm-hmm. of July weekend. Birth of our uh, nation. Yeah, this. Uh, this uh, We're not watching Birth of a Nation. Oh God, no! Whoa, <laughs> no. Just, I mean, just, to, just to nip that right in the butt. No, we are not doing that. I mean, I hope it doesn't have any SNL connections. That would be weird if it did, because I, I don't know what I can't remember what year it was. I, I know it's a silent movie. I think it was named somewhere in the 1910s. So yeah. that would be weird if they did have an SNL connection. <laughs> Executive producer Lauren Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, crack research department check it. Lauren Michaels had nothing to do with Birth of the Nation. Yeah, Mr. Michaels, don't send the uh, don't send your your legal team after us. We're just Lauren, we're just... don't send your ninja assassins after us. And yeah, we know you have ninja assassins. Exactly. Please, we're just a, we we get we have nothing. We can't. We don't even have a Twitter account right now. That's right. No, I mean, uh, but yeah, Fourth uh, of July weekend. Uh, usually, we do something. Like a patriotic kind of movie, but you know about the the armed forces because it's Fourth July weekend. Yeah, we did Stripes last year. So uh, this weekend we figure, hey, let's do a little film called 1941 uh, with Mr. Dan Aykroyd, Mr. John Belushi, mm-hmm. uh, the late great uh, Ned Beatty. Film mm-hmm. directed by Steven Spielberg. And it also stars Tashira Mifune, um Eddie Deason, who's been in the news a bit this week. Oh, give that a Google. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a that's a whole weird, twisted story in itself. Um, I, I did not see that coming. No, no. I, I our our producer Frank Hablawi put it well. He was like, you know, did anybody have Eddie Deason getting canceled on their twenty uh, twenty one bingo card? I did not. Who boy? Who boy? Yeah. Uh, this film also has. Um, what, Warren Oates, Tim Matheson, Treat Williams, Christopher Lee, Robert Stack? It's got a, 
it's, 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 it's a cast of thousands. Ned Beatty, the late great Ned Beatty, is in it. Yeah, yeah, late great Ned Beatty. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, the, I mean, I looked it up. This, this, it's weird how this movie kind of came out in between two blockbuster movies that Spielberg did. Like it is, it is like the Steven Spielberg combo breaker because he had he had Jaws, he had Close Encounters. On the other side of this, he had Raiders of the Lost Ark. But in the middle of this, he has 1941. Right. Which so, is like Spielberg's I mean this this was a flop, right? Um I don't think it was a I got to look it into it. I don't think we it have, was a, Okay, well we'll do the research on this. We haven't, you know, watched the movie yet obviously and we haven't looked up the fun trivia and stuff, but I mean it is not a well-regarded movie. I think that's Yeah. I think it was well I mean I think it was his first comedy for one thing. Yes. And also because he was coming off the the wave of you know, Jaws was a huge, huge hit, and of right. course, Close Encounters. I don't right. think this film meet those expectations. So the fact it's, that it it's w- like Connor recording his second album, the expectations—they're sky high. It's Connor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So the fact that it this uh, 1941 didn't reach those heights of you know Close Encounters and Jaws, people automatically said, "Oh, it must be a flop." Yeah, and then right after this, he did Raiders of the Lost Ark and ET. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think it's safe to say Spielberg bounced back. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done okay for himself. Yeah, you, he, you don't have to d- donate to his GoFundMe. He's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's got the Netflix money now. He's doing all. He's doing fine. He's doing all right. Yeah. Steve, if you're listening, lend us some money. That'd be great. But uh, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to revisit this. I've I've watched this. It's probably been at least a decade or more since I've seen 1941. So I'm. Um, um, I'm looking forward to seeing it again and seeing how my memories stack up and how, if anything in the movie really works, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've never seen this movie. So I'm coming in totally fresh. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, this, this will be my pop star. Yeah. And really, isn't that what we're all looking for? Our, yes. our pop star. Yes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just out there looking for my pop star. Yeah. So uh, if you want to help us in our quest to find our pop stars, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm at Trumbull Comic, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L, and the word comic. I'm at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I Incredible. Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, we're, we're working to get the uh, the SNL Nerds show Twitter account unlocked again. Again, that's case number 7957 so please tweet it, uh, tweet at Twitter support. That's a tough sentence to say. <laughs> and uh, see if we can get the account restored. We'd really appreciate that. Absolutely. Just help us help us help you. Help us help you. Hashtag free SNL nerds. Hashtag free SNL nerds. All right. And, and uh, yeah, I guess that's about it, my friend. I think that's about it. Is, is it is it time for us to just wrap it up and just gradually peter out the episode? what we do best yeah so we're just we're just gonna keep on doing that so we'll see you next week with 1941 but until then nerds out this has been a non-productive media presentation Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.
Thank <laughs> you.